Okay, Shalom Obracha. Hoping everybody had a beautiful Purim. So I have a Purim joke, a breast liver Purim joke, okay? Rabbi Nachman has a teaching in the uh, Kutim 1 part 2. Mi Purim na'asa para. And para is the preparation to purify and to receive the Pesach. That means from Purim, you have the, the letters Peresh in Purim. And in para, the parasha that we read the Shabbat immediately after Purim, has also perish. So Rabbi Nachman draws the connect connection that from the Purim, which means from the celebration and the Simcha and all the mitzvot done on Purim, we merit to receive the purification of the Red Heifer, even today. Even though today there's no Beit HaMikdash and we need for the Third Temple to be rebuilt and to actually function with Jewish people involved, we need to become cleansed from the impurity of death, that we're all tainted with this impurity to matmet, okay? Even though we don't have that right now, we're still in Galut, but like Rav Nosen explains and Rabbeinu explains, the tumatmet is the impurity of death, which means the exposure to all types of temptations and lust and desires and falling super, super duper low like we are, that's also called impurity of death. And even though we're still in Galut, and we can't have the physical red heifer perform the, 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 the Tara, the purification of the Paraduma, still, by just reading the parsha on, on the Shabbat after, on, after Purim, so we can activate the, the, to a degree the purity to help lift each person up from his impurity of death. We're going to go into that eventually. So Rabbi Nachman teaches that according to how much you're happy and joyous on Purim, that's how much you merit to receive purity from re the recitation of Parashat Para, okay? So in Bristol they say a joke, Rabbi you said, Mi Purim Nasa Para. So with all the food left over from Purim, all the Mishnah Manod, you know what to do, Nasa Para, we eat a lot, we have to finish them, we have to finish the Chametz, number one, and what do you do with all the food? You can't find people to take all the food from you, so you have no choice, you eat the food, so Mi Purim Nasa Para, everyone gains weight, this is not a week for Weight Watchers and losing weight the week after Purim, okay? <laughs> that's Mi Purim Nasa Para, that's the joke, okay? It's a breast of joke. But let's go a bit deeper, because there's a lot of Chizuk here. What's the Chizuk? If you noticed, up to Purim, Rabbi Nachman, Rabbeinu, Rav Nosen, they get everybody hyped up on, and we did also in the Shirim, on how powerful Purim is and the breakthroughs of Purim. If you, if you zoche really to tap into the Simcha and also the davening of Purim, we went into all this, that so much, so much is available on Purim if you invest right, invest properly in Purim, so you can see major breakthroughs and major miracles. So Purim is over, okay. Now what? <laughs> what happened? Okay, well, you know, I was waiting for A, B, C, D. Where's the salvation? One guy dubbing for a shiduch. Where's the shiduch? One guy dubbing to get out of this tava. It just got worse, okay? What's happening? Where were the, the miracles that I was looking for? More than this, normally the Shabbat after Purim is parashat kitisa. Kitisa, heavy duty difficulties. Right? Cheta Egel, the golden calf. Golden calf sin. And the Jews after receiving the biggest light, which can be compared to also the light of Purim, and after that, such a crash, you just saw Hashem eye to eye. You just heard Hashem, Hashem right? on our Sinai, the Jewish people, you receive the Torah on our Sinai, and then you go so low to be involved in the Cheta Egel, the golden calf, you know? Why, it's so extreme. What happened? So this is the Chidushir, that Rabbeinu says, 
Para comes after Purim. What's the idea here? There's a big rule in life, and there's also a rule in Rav Nossin's writings throughout, that the salvation that a person needs never comes directly. The way of Hashem is to do everything We don't have like a hand coming from heaven with the golden pot or, or like a direct salvation. Things normally in life are When Hashem wants to help a person, he gets him preoccupied and busy with other things. And while he's busy with other things, Hashem sends him without him noticing the salvation. So that when he wakes up 10 years later, he says, oh my God, I just see there was a change. I didn't, I didn't see it. It was gradual. It was so gradual that I couldn't pay attention to it. Normally, Rav Nussan writes this in a few places. I have to remember where. It's brought down in his letters and also in Likute Alachot that Hashem's way is never to send directly, but in concealments and in tzimtzumim and constrictions, in levushim, in a lot of garments, to send the salvation. It's always covered up so that that way the person doesn't have like, notice it openly. It has to come secretly. Why does Hashem do that? Because that's the way of this world. The world is in Teva. And everything wants to be, Hashem wants as much as possible that the miracles should be within the Teva so much. Because again, it's a greater accomplishment for Hashem when He's recognized from the Teva more than open miracles. Open miracles, there's no more free will anymore. What's the, what's the, what's the point? It's we want from the free will that a person recognizes Hashem. So Hashem's way is always to send the openings. So Purim does a lot, for sure. You accomplished a lot. Where I don't see it though. How Hashem works is amazing. This is what Rabbeinu says from Purim is made para. What's para? Para is metaher tmeim and metamed teorim. Okay? It makes pure the impure and makes impure the pure. Watch this chidush Okay? A person in his life, before Purim, let's say, he's davening for salvations and breakthroughs in life in certain points, in A, B, C. I need breakthroughs here, right here, A, B, C, this is what, and the person is working head on, all his davening, all of his kochot to invest on working on certain taivas, on certain midot, on certain breakthroughs, if it's also shiduchim or health issues, whatever, person is working head on here, okay? So his tahol, his, what, what's awake, is these areas, that's what he's involved in. He's involved with them, he's conscious about them, he's doing a lot in life to work on these areas. Other areas of life are dormant, sleeping, dead, because he feels no need to work on them. What Rabbeinu does in the Kutei Moran, and this is the secret of the Paraduma, is Rabbeinu so deep, and Rav Nossin explains this a bit in the introduction to the Aleph Bet book, the Sefer Midot. Rabbeinu is so, so profound that he's able to show a person that what you, work, what you want to work on, is it the cause or is it the effect? Is it what started the, the difficulties? And therefore, I, we can understand why you're trying to work on those points because you feel that's where the beginning point is? Or are they a result? Are they an effect of something else that you have no clue? Rabbeinu, Rabbi Nachman in Likutei Moran, the ultimate doctor of the Neshama, he connects in one lesson in Likutei Moran, 15, 16, 17, 20 things, and I'm interested in one of them, one point, but it's in the middle, it's not the beginning point, it could be point number seven out of 16 points in one lesson. And what Rabbi Nachman, this amazing doctor, does is he shows us, you know, this is a result of six other points beforehand. Did you think about that? And these six, you're not concerned about them. They don't bother you. They're not, they don't interest you. I don't have to work on those areas. So Rabbeinu says, well, wake up, my friend. This is where you can start. This is the opening. There's a rule always. It's a big rule. Ki karov elecha hadavar. 
salvation in life and breakthroughs is not impossible. It's not far. It's just you don't see it. It's right in front of you, right in front of your eyes. Hashem doesn't send a person a situation which is beyond him. It seems beyond him. That's the Yetzirah's work. He makes it seem... The Torah says, But the person says, Nah, it's never going to happen. It's so far and this and that. But the, really, the opening is right next to a person. So what's the problem? He's always looking here. He's looking at the, at the difficulty. I have to, oh my God, I have to work on this, work on that. And he sees it's not getting anywhere. But he think, the person thinks, If I nudge enough and try to work on it, eventually I have a breakthrough in there. Rabbeinu opens up a person and says, You know what? This is due to other factors which you're not working upon because you feel that's not the area. But guess what? The key is over there. If now you do work on these areas, it's an opening then eventually to have the strength to work on this. This is That area of life which is like dead for you, it's, it's impure. In other words, I don't have to work on it. It's, it's on my domain to go into. It's Tameh. Go in there because that's where the Tahara, it's Metahel Tmeim. The Tahara is found in the Tuma there. And what you're trying to work on, you're just breaking your head against, bringing your head against the wall. That's Metahel Tmeim. That's where we have to Metahel. Don't work on that right now. Take a break. Go in a different direction to get the keys, which will eventually lead you to work on that. That's how beautiful Rabbeinu is. This is the secret of the Para. The paraduma is a result of Purim, because Purim, yes, causes a breakthrough, but the breakthrough is not what you expected. I thought it was going to be the money coming down and the hand coming down from heaven. That's what I'm looking for. No, 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 no. We're trying to open your eyes to show that it's now a different, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's an effect. We want to bring you to the cause, which is so close to you. Rav Nosen says, he brings that down in the introduction to Sefer Midot, that how the Midot work, if you remember this introduction, is that sometimes there are hard Midot that are far from you and you really want to work on, but it's so far, it's so difficult. So what you do, you work on the midot which are close to you, which can lead to working on those midot, and that's how you build yourself up. He gives us a rule in the introduction to the Sefer Midot, that this is how to deal with the Yetzirah. You use Sechel, brain, to figure out, okay, where do I have a handle, where can I go, and eventually come to where I want to get to. The person who's like very desperate and stressed and in- intolerant, no, no, we have to work on this right now. We have to go bring, bring our head and go straight forward on, on dealing with the issue. The person who's wise will say, let's see if there's a key around somewhere that that will be the opening to eventually get to what I have to work on. This is para, which comes out of pouring. That your eyes are open to see, wait a second, why am I working head on with the difficulty? Let's see if I can find some keys, some handles, some openings, some tunnels to get around that will eventually lead me to work on the So that's an idea of para coming after Purim, okay? And all this, yes, is a preparation to receive the Korban Pesach. Korban Pesach is where a person reaches such a level of completion. Pesach, the mouth is opened, the mouth is able to express prayer, and you feel it. You feel the prayer, you feel the prayer in your whole essence, and you feel a mastery, like we said about tefillah, your tafel, that you're the rider over the horse, that you're your you're, you're completion of the, of the speech. So this is how Purim, is an insight of how Purim leads to, to para, what Rabbeinu says, fine. I was just to give chizuk for this week, okay, because that's where we're holding right now. Many people told me where well, I didn't see any miracles, I didn't see any changes, what's going on. This is how it works. You have to open your eyes and be open to anything moving. <laughs> anything that's moving, look at it and go towards a visit to Shem.
We're going to try to continue now with the last chapter of the Tikkun Aklali, which is such a nut to break. It's such a nut. It's so difficult to enter this psalm. But we have to go into it. Why do we have to go into it? Because I want to read to you a little piece from Rav Nussan's prayer on the Tikkun Aklali. There's a prayer Rav Nussan wrote, ideally to be recited after the Tikkun Aklali. The question has always been asked, if now the Tikkun Aklali does the job, why did Rav Nussan feel the need to write a prayer on the Tikkun Aklali? If now the Tikkun Aklali does the job, so that's the job. Why did Rav Nussan have to add a prayer? By doing that, he always makes me feel that I didn't do the whole thing. If I didn't do Rav Nussan's prayer, so I, it's, it's like partial. It's, it's like Lechatchila would have been the prayer and the Tikkun Aklali together. But I'm doing a B'diavad because... If they don't just print Tikkun Aklali by itself. They always put it with the prayer in the back, normally, okay? So it makes you feel, Rav Nassim makes you feel, I'm missing something, I didn't say his prayer. Because if you wrote a prayer and I didn't say it, so I skipped something, so I feel incomplete. So we went into this a lot in the beginning, that this prayer is a proof that Rav, Rav Nassim believed that Tikkun Aklali helps for everything. Even for Chas Shalom intentional pagamim, Rav Nassim is the one who shows us the way on that based on Likutei Moran Lesson 141, Rabbeinu says, when there's charata, if now a man has charata, this charata has an effect on all of a person's offspring, whether physical children or chas shalom on the other side, and they all wake up. But the man needs charata. This prayer is a major, major address to activate charata, regret, in a parent, in a father. And in that sense, if now his charata is activated, Plus the Tikkun Aklali, we went into this many times. The Tikkun Aklali, for example, how it works is it activates the two holy names, Kel Elohim. What they do is they smash the wall of the Klippa, Lamed Yud, Lamed Yud Tav, the same Gematria, 485, with the letters, right? Lamed Yud, Lamed Yud Tav is 480, plus her, four, her five letters, that's 45. Kel Elohim, when expanded, Aleph Lamed, Aleph Lamed Yud Mem, equals 485. So these, and those are Gematria Tehilim, Tehilim is the Gematria 45 also. So this w- smashes the wall to extract the holy sparks. But if they don't want to leave, you're stuck. You did everything to extract them. But if they want to stay there now, it's a problem. And that's what happens when, 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 if now Shalom, it's Mezid or even Shogeg, they're not on the same day. Rabbeinu says to say it on the same day. What is, why is the same day? Because after that day, they turn into Mazikim. And, they, and like Rabbeinu says in Lesson 141, these sparks, they like being Mazikim. It's fun because it's, it's power. To do, to do damage in the world, like Rabbeinu illustrates in the story of the cripple, the Chiger, that the Shedim, they like doing damage. They like hurting a little child here, breaking somebody's arm over there. They love doing damage because it's control, it's power. Just look, for example, the Nazis, Yemach Shemam, they had full authority to do with the Jews as they wished. They, they, had, they had full permission, the Nazi soldiers, when they went out, they signed that, you know, they got a contract that you can do anything you want to the Jews. That's power. So they did whatever they wanted. They did the most craziest things. When a person has power and he's not fit for, and, and ra'u'i for that power, so he takes advantage and causes, does terrible things. He uses the power for the wrong. That's how the mazikim are. If they don't want to come out of the side of the tumah, so what do you do? So what's needed, Rabbeinu says in 141, is if there's charata, no greater force than charata can move the, anyone to wake up to do tshuva. And that's Rav Nosten in this prayer he pushes towards that direction of having charata, and he shows us that this can help even for, for mezit. Because tikkun alone may not be enough. 
it might not be enough. Like we said, you 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 now done the extraction for for it to happen, but they don't want to leave. So what are you going to do? You did everything, and they don't want to come out. So in this sense, the Rav Nosson's prayer is the opening for that. That's what he. That's what. That's what it seems he wrote it for. And we went into this that this is the first printed prayer of Rav Nosson. His son Rav Shachne printed without Rav Nosson knowing an edition of Tikkun Aklali, I think in the year 1823, when Rav Nosson finally bought a printing press, one of the first, and his son Rav Shachna, his oldest son Rav Shachna was helping him to print, one of the first things Rav Nosson printed was the Tikkun Aklali, because Rabbeinu's Tzivui, to spread the Tikkun Aklali through the world. Without his knowledge, because Rav Shachna was very involved in the typesetting and everything, he saw his father's prayer that he wrote on the Tikkun Aklali, he said, this has to go out to the world. So he printed it with it. And the Misnagdim, when they saw Rav Nossin's writing prayers now, that's the first opening, so there was a major attack. Who do you think you are to write prayers? And they brought their sources from the Arizal. The Arizal would make fun of Yigdal, because he said the author of Yigdal had no Ruach HaKodesh, and uh, there's nothing in it. So who are you to write prayers? So Rav Nossin said to the Misnagdim, I, say, I wrote this prayer for myself, okay? Whoever wants to say it can also say it, okay? And then also later on, he made the statement that they say these prayers lack Ruach HaKodesh. These prayers are above Ruach HaKodesh because they come from the 50th gate. He didn't make that statement in that year, but eventually, eventually once when Rav Nachman Tochin was with him, and he, was, he said Rav Nosson to pray on Sfer Omer, the Torah of Tehilim Tshuva, so he wrote, the prayer that he wrote, he said it by Rabbeinu Kever, and afterwards Rav Nosson had this arousal and he said, they make fun of these prayers. He said, Rav Ruach HaKodesh. Because they were saying, he doesn't have Ruach HaKodesh. He said, they're above Ruach HaKodesh. We see that. Rav Nosson's words can move you sometimes more than your own Hidbodedut. Rav Nosson, he moves you better. So you would think, so I shouldn't do Hidbodedut, let me do uh, Rav Nosson's prayers. No. Rav Nosson's prayers gets the motor running, and then you reach a point where you can put it on the side, and already your heart is just overwhelming, and you can just pour out. That's what Hashem wants. He wants to squeeze out your kishkas, what's, what's inside. That's the goal. That's what Rav Nosson does in these prayers, okay? So in this prayer, okay, the second last... No, I'm talking about the prayer, the whole prayer of the Tikkun HaKlali. Yeah, yeah, that's what we're talking about, this one, yeah. So in the second last paragraph, there's about, in the standard editions, there's 11 paragraphs in Rav Nosen's prayer. In the 10th paragraph, so Rav Nosen says something which requires now study here. It requires us to, if we have permission to analyze, we should do so, if we can do so. Okay, he says like this in the middle, in the middle of the prayer. Um, halfway through it, he says, "Zakeni lechol Please let me merit to all the ten types of melody of holiness. Shemachniim umetaknim pkam abrit that they subdue and rectify the pkam of the brit. Kaamur, like it says, and he goes through. All the ten verses that Rabbi Nachman brings in Lesson 92, Part 2, right? For Bracha, he brings Avarachat Hashem, Asherazani, Afleot Yesirukhetai. He brings the next Pasuk for, for Ashrei, Le David Maskil, Ashrei Nesui Pesha, Kesirukhetai. He brings the verse for Maskil, Bait Vahon, Nachalat Avot, Ume Hashem, Isham Maskalet. The Pasuk for Shir, Yomam Yetzavi Hashem, Chazdo, Walayla, Shiroimi, Tfila Lekel Chayai. Nitzuach, Lamnatzeach, Al Tashcher, Le David Michtam, okay, Bishloch, Mashal, Veshmur, Tabay, Tamito, Ezkera, Neginati, Balayla, that's Nigun, Im, Levavi, Asicha, Vechapes, Mochi, and then Tfila, the Pasuk, Hayachel, Tafel, Mibi, Melech, we went through all these things, right? In Yeshtam, Beril, Chalamot, 
and then hod, פן תיתן לכם הודך, שוטח אכזבי, אוקיי, and then מזמור, ולא אמר איה אלוקה עושי, נותן זמינות בלילה, and then פסוק for הלן, שקר חן ועבר יופי, אישה יראת השם היא תתעלם, period. But Rav Nosson doesn't put a period. He goes on. He adds something else. ונאמר, and like it says, after all this, ונאמר, and also he brings the whole last chapter of the Tikkun HaKlali. Chapter 150, Hallelujah, Hallelujah, Bikotcho, Hallelujah, Bikotcho. The question is, why, Rav Nosson, did you do this? Why are you adding this? Rabbeinu gave 10 psukim. That seems to say everything. What are you adding by saying, ונאמר, and also, as it said, and the whole chapter he brings. So it's showing Rav Nosson didn't say anything explicitly. We're going to try our best to open up to try to figure it out. It seems that Rav Nosson here is indicating that there is, yes, a two-stage point in the rectification. What does it mean, two-stage? There's what we do, which is called Itaruta Diltata, and there's what Hashem does from above, which is called Itaruta Dilela. Itaruta Diltata is us activating the ten types of melody by reciting these ten chapters of Tehillim. Once that's done, then we've activated from below like a vessel for this to take place. Then we have from above that now Hashem is bringing down this light downwards. In, in other words, we have a vessel, now we have this light coming down. So take a look in this chapter, Vinemar, Hallelujah. Okay? Hallelujah, Hallelujah. It's like a command. We are commanding others to praise. The other nine chapters of Tikkun is Lamlatseach, Kaltarog. It's not a command. Here, it's command format. Hallelujah. Praise Ka. It's a command format. Now, now, once we've done the bottom and energy activated from mentioning the ten types of, 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 of song, the last chapter of, of, of the Tikkun HaKlali, Halel, is seeming to be now the response. Okay? Let's look a bit carefully. We won't go fully because there's a lot of research on this. But at least the beginning point. Look at this chapter carefully. You might want to see it inside here. And I'll, I have my copy here. All right, so if you look at it carefully, it's amazing. The hallelujah, okay? The opening is hallelujah, so we don't necessarily look at that word, opening, and also the last one, hallelujah. Those two leave on the side, because it's opening and closing. Every chapter in has an opening and a closing. But look inside, hallelujah, okay? It says, number one, hallelujah, that's number one. Hallelujah, again, hallel, but uhu. Birkiya Uzo, that's number two. Hallelujah, Bigvorotav, that's three. Hallelujah, Kurov Good Law, that's four. Hallelujah, Beteka Shofar, five. Hallelujah, Benebel Chinor, six. Hallelujah, Betof Machol, seven. Hallelujah, Beminim Gav, eight. Hallelujah, Betzil Tzere Shama, nine. Hallelujah, Betzil Tzere Teruah, ten. That, the Chazal, the sages, the Gemara, bring this down to this ten Hallel in this chapter, except for the opening and the closing. And they say this is why we say, Ten Psukim of Malchiot, Zichonot, Shofarot, and the Gemara Masechet Rosh Hashanah, page 32, right? That's all the ten blasts in total, Tashat, Tarat, Tashat, corresponding to these ten Hallel, that in Hallel seems to be include everything, so it's big enough that the sages say it corresponds to the, the ten Shofar blasts, it corresponds to the ten utterances, it corresponds to the ten commandments, because the ten commandments are certain, but were given with Shofar blasts, we call Shofar so there's this significance of the ten. But now if let's go into the ten. You'll see there's a new grouping of two. There's two groups here. 
What are the two groups? Look at the first four. Hallelujah, Bikocho. That's not a musical instrument. We're going to go into musical instruments. Kocho, it says, Rikia Uzo, Gvurotav, Kirov Gudlo. Four terms. Pray, right? Sing praise to Hashem, Bekocho, those who are in holiness. And then the next one, those who are in the firmament of his strength. Give, give praise to him in those who are in the Gvura, in those Kirov Gudlo, which is Chesed. And then we go into nine instruments. Look at them carefully. Halub teka shofar. Tkiyadaka shofar. That's a shofar blast. That's an instrument technically. Nevel chinor. Tof machol. Minim ugav. Tzilzale shama. Tzilzale turah. There's nine. Nine instruments. Radak brings a rule that whenever tkiya shofar is mentioned, it includes in it also chatzotzot. So chatzotzot is really there, but it's hidden. You know, teka shofar. There's the tkiya of, of shofar, but it's also in, it can be understood as two separate musical instruments. The tkiya is the tokim b'chatzotzot. Also, you use the term tkiya in a chatzotzot. So teka is referring to the chatzotzot, the, the horns, and shofar is the animal's horn to also do the second blast. Because the, the verses always say b'chatzotzot ve'kol shofar hariu difni amelech Hashem. You have them always together. So you have chatzer, chatzotzot, and shofar. Why is Chatzotzwa not mentioned? It could be that it corresponds to the hidden sphere of Keter. It's a way above. It's Chetz, Chatzotzwa, Chetz, Ratz. The light of Keter in the Kabbalah, it goes down and goes right back up. It goes down all the ten spherot. Boom, 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 boom. It gives the light from Keter all the way down. Chochma, Bina, Dat, Chesed, Gvotiferet, all the way down to Malchut. And then goes right back up. That's 10 plus 10 is Kaf. That's 20. 20 is the first letter of the Keter. Okay? So it's Chatz, it's Chetz. It's like shooting an arrow. Chetz, Ratz, like a fast arrow. Boom. So that's hidden there. The other we're not going to go into today yet. But you have here two groupings. You have nine, which are really ten musical instruments, plus four terms. In our context, we can see this, that of the two groupings of the ten types of song. The ten types of song are grouped in Asar Minenegina, but broken down into Shir Pashut, Kaful, Meshulash, Merubah. The single fold song, double fold, tri- triple fold, quadruple fold. And the first four openings, Kocho, Rekia Uzo, Gvurotav, Rov Gudlo, are yes, corresponding to these four levels. Kodesh, for example, is in the Kabbalah, is always Chokhmah. So that's like we can see the first Yud, the Yud of Yud Kevavke. Rekia Uzo, the, the Ben Ishar brings down that Rekia is referring to Obina in the Kabbalah. So that's the first A. Gvurotav is tricky because Gvura is Gvura. It's not, it's not, not nothing to do with Vav. Vav is Zeran Pin. Normally, which is chesed, more or less. The vav of Yudke Vavke. And the last hey, Malchut receives from Gvura. So it's funny. This is, this is the question here. Gvurotav of Gudlo. Gudlo is always chesed. Like it says about Elisha, right? Saper nali ala gdolot. Tell me about the miracles and the kindnesses. So Gdula is always, is, is in general, the, 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 chesed, the chesed. But it's a question here. But you have four here still. And these correspond to the breaking down of the Song of Ten, where it's in a single fold, double fold, triple fold, quadruple fold. Those are the first four. And then afterwards, it goes into musical instruments. Okay? What's the idea of the musical instruments? So it seems, ultimately, see, we now, today, arouse the songs by saying Tehillim. 
When Mashiach comes, Mizrach Hashem Beit Hamikdash, there will be musical accompaniment to match these ten types of song. So just imagine in the Beit Hamikdash <coughs> that these ten instruments are going to be activating the actual melody of each of the songs. There's going to be a melody for Ashrei, a melody of Bracha, a melody of Maskil. It's going to be unbelievable to have to hear. Now, now we don't hear the melody. It's hidden. It's there. It's out in the world, but we don't have the vessels at all to hear it, Rav Nosson writes in the Kutel HaChot. He said, we don't have at all the Kalim to receive the direct voice of God, which is in these ten types of melodies. It's all hidden there, and we can't hear it because we will just expire. We'll have a total negation of the free will if a person hears this melody, okay? But it involves these ten instruments working together, but also individually, <clears throat> just like in the Tikkun HaKlali. You have each chapter in itself is a melody, but we don't say just one chapter. We say all ten because there's a symphony of joining all ten chapters together. They play together this melody, which has in it the ten types of song. It's one nigun, which is made up of four stanzas: the pashut kafun meshulash meruba, and it has in it ten types of melodies in it. <laughs> so it's ten, four, and really one, and that's what's going to be. He said there's going to be the seventy stringed instrument it's not really clear about that either because here it says it's 10 instruments we have to develop these ideas bekitzer but here in this chapter rav Nossin seems to be hinting that this now is like the response from hashem after having activated the 10 types of song of the tikkun akali so the goal is halal he stops in halal halal is seems to be the end point because that's why we say halal on the night of pesach right kelel hitkadesh chag that the future redemption will be similar to the past redemption. Just as then Hallel was saying, so too we will sing Hallel Bezat Hashem. We went into this that Hallel is Gematria 64. 64 is the Gematria of Noga. Noga is right? 64. Am I right? 50, 56, 57, 59, plus 5, 64. What's Noga? Noga is the main klipa that we are working now to rectify. It's the most difficult one. And that Noga is admixture of good and evil. Everything's mixed today. You know, it's no clear cut, this is good and this is evil. Everything's mixed. Everybody's mixed. People are mixed. Hashkafas are mixed. Politics are mixed. People are mixed. The Jewish people are mixed. Everything's mixed. Everything's so, in French, melange. Everything is so mixed up. And that's where the work is. Halel, the goal of Halel, is to make the clarification of the true knowledge of good and evil, to separate the good from the bad. That's the power of Hallel. And that's why the Tikkun HaKlali finishes with Hallel. And it seems we've no sense bringing this back as after the 10 types of song have been activated, everything's in this chapter of the 10 Hilulim. We'll stop here for now because there's a lot to work on this. There's a lot of Marmakomot and everything. But uh, this chapter seems to be in it, including all the 10, but only after you've activated individually the 10. Because you would think now again, so let me just say a chapter, hallelujah, kufnun, that's it, everything's there. That's the result. That's after you have activated the 10 types of song, which is itawuta diltata, then Hashem, kivyachal, we're commanding him, hallelujah. It's like you, yudke, it's, it can be read hallelujah, praise to yudke, but it's actually hallelujah, praise activating yudke. He says, the Zohar, the Zohar says, Tikkuni Zohar says, that Yud K is the name of Hashem which will come to wipe out Amalek. Yad al Hashem has put his sworn on his Kiseh Shein Shalom, his only Kas, 
and ka. It's missing vav k. It's half. It's cut off because of amalek. So what's cut off? The part that amalek has access to is vav k, and the aleph of kiseh. So yad al kes Hashem swears on the part which is still with him, which is yud k, which is untouched by amalek. And the, the, the Zohar says that the name Ka is the force that's going to wipe out Amalek totally at the end of days. So Hallelujah Ka is activating the final Tikkun to wipe out Amalek. Hallelujah praise the activation of Ka. So that the Jewish people are commanding, ordering things to move now. Hallelujah Ka. We're now Hallelujah, Hallelujah, we're ordering. And then we have Vavke, Hallelujah, Vavke, Vavke. That's all that Amalek has an attachment to is Vavke, the end of the Yudke Vavke. And then we finish, Kolan Hashemata Halelka, again, Hallelujah. So that we're ending with the Yudke to show that in the end it's, it's gonna, Amalek is going to be wiped out and Yudke is going to shine itself and reconnect the Vavke that was stolen, Kivyachol, by Amalek until Yudke Vavke is complete. So, Mr. Hashem, we'll go into this more in our upcoming classes, but we should be Zoche. To believe in the power of the Tikkun Akali as being possibly one of the greatest things to speed up the, the Geula, B'zat Hashem. One of, the, one of the greatest things, especially Tikkun Akali by Rabbeinu Zkever, with Rav Nosson's prayer. I think you have everything there. Tikkun Akali, the Tzion, Tikkun Akali, Rav Nosson's prayer, that's already dynamite. All t- together, that seems to be the biggest uh, remedy for anything or anybody, B'zat Hashem, to get things moving to the coming of Mashiach, personally and also on a national level, B'zat Hashem. Chazak.